Are the Chargers still considering taking a wide receiver in round one? Will they finally find an RB2 to back up Austin Eckler? We're breaking down wide receivers and running back prospects on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're going into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen. And as always, if you want to follow the show, make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But we are back at it today with more prospects coming up in the 2022 NFL draft. And today we are focusing on wide receivers and running backs. I think a welcome change up in the video process, watching some guys who are more exciting than maybe some offensive and defensive you know, guards and tackles and things like that. But David, today we're talking about first round wide receivers that could make sense for the Chargers. Guys like Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, guys we've talked about there, or Jamison Williams. Can they bring in the best wide receiving threat, the deep threat in the draft? We're going to be getting into the first round guys and also maybe some other guys we're leaning away from in the first round before getting into what the Chargers can get if they decide to skip wide receiver in the first round. Can they still find the speed that they're missing? What kind of receivers are they looking for? We're going to get into that in segment two. And then to wrap up the show, running back two. That's the big need for the Chargers to find a guy who can back up Austin Eckler. They're 0 for 2 in the last two draft classes. Maybe me and David have some guys that could finally fill that role for the Chargers. But David, it starts in round one, as always, with the 17th overall pick. A pick the Chargers have to get right. And a pick that has made it at least somewhat easier because of the moves you've made in the offseason, right? We've talked about this is one of the more complete teams that we've seen under Tom Tolesco going into a draft, even with the right tackle situation, because you do have that fallback of Matt Filer and guard wouldn't be as, you know, as hard to fill as right tackle is. But wide receiver has always kind of been in the conversation throughout this whole process, which is like, okay, well, why go wide receiver in round one when you have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen, but at the same time, David, we talked about as well adding two positions of strength. You're not just getting guys that you need. If you've got a really good receiver in round one, they would have a role in the Chargers offense. And I think for us, the guy is probably Jamison Williams, where we are most okay with the Chargers going that direction in 17. And there's probably not many guys we would take over him. No, there isn't, Daniel. I think for me, there is really only one guy that I would probably take over Jamison Williams at this point. And that's Charles Cross. I mean, I just think he's a can't can't miss tackle prospect. And to who see would that, realistically get that right? Right. Who who would realistically be a, you know be available? And that's you know obviously just our opinion. We have no idea what's going to happen. Sure. You know he could be gone long before then. But if Jameson Williams is on the clock, I, I mean, I think that's a very attractive and intriguing prospect to add to a very talented wide receiver room, but one that is devoid of clear you know, just blazing deep speed with very, very good route running ability and yak I and mean, yards after the catch monster. That is what Jamison Williams is. And that's what he could bring to the table. Like I said before, I feel like Jamison Williams could be that missing piece, that missing link to, you know, the Chargers having one of the best offenses in the NFL. Yeah, and you'd lock up the trio of him, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen for the next three seasons. And he fits the two things that you're lacking most at wide receiver, like you talked about. He does bring some yak ability because he just 
can change up the tempo, turn on the Jets, and then he just totally destroys angles of guys trying to tackle him. And he's yeah. a house call waiting to happen. That's a great Absolutely. thing. You know, we talked about that. There's no guy on the Chargers who can just take a slant and then they're gone. Jameson Williams has that kind of potential. He's not super physical, but if he has the right kind of runway to do it, he can definitely be that guy for you. And that's why it's so appealing to match that speed, the best deep threat in this class with the arm of Justin Herbert, adding to a position of strength and just taking your offense to the next level. I mean, you'd have such a complete set of offensive weapons, a receiving threat, a tight end, a couple of them, right? You have a blocking tight end. You have three receivers you feel good about and a nice piece of depth with Josh Palmer in this case, who would still have a role. I think that's what makes it so appealing. And I think he would be worth the pick at 17 because you don't need him to be your number one receiver, right? You don't even necessarily need him right away to start the season because he did tear his ACL and there is that kind of red flag there, but it seems like he's already coming back pretty well from that. But if you're talking about other guys that we'd be okay with, but it would depend kind of on the options. Garrett Wilson's a guy that we haven't talked about a ton, but you want to talk about I mean, a guy who ran a 4-3-8 and is probably the most electric yak guy in this draft class as far as his ability in space to just make people miss. He's a guy I would be okay with, and I could definitely get excited about, depending who's on the board. But, I mean, he'd definitely be up there. And then the other one is Chris Olave, just one of my draft crushes. I think he's just such a safe prospect. And he has the deep speed the Chargers are looking for. And I think the things that he lacks as far as physicality, catching the ball over the middle, I think the Chargers have some guys who can do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think those are two guys to a lesser degree that I would still be on board with. I'd still be excited about because I think they still bring, you know, this type of skill set to the table that the Chargers are, are looking for. At least, you know, we think they are looking for yeah. to add to that wide receiver room. Um, I mean, yeah, they're extremely explosive. I just love how Chris Olave, you know, really presents a good target to the quarterback. That's one thing that just really uh, is, is very intriguing to me. And he has that speed, that stop and start ability to really take it and go. Um, and Garrett Wilson does too. I mean, th- those two guys are, are, are kind of, you know, very similar to each other. I do think Garrett Wilson is just a little bit more explosive in the open field. Um, but both those guys, I, I think I'd still be okay with um, if they were on the board and the Chargers took them. Yeah, I mean, Chris Olave, I think it's all about, like, just the fluidity, right? Fluidity. Yeah, good route runner. How smooth he is. Like, such a smooth route runner and has that extra gear at the top level or at the deep level of the field. And then Garrett Wilson twitched up, right? That's the best thing. He's just twitchy athlete. A guy who's just going to, you know, has more of, like, that Tyreek Hill stop and start ability to make people miss and do things like that. Super productive guys. And, I mean, guys that... I think if they didn't play on a wide receiver loaded team, because their yeah. best wide receiver might not even be coming out this year, like that, I think their numbers would look a lot different. And I think you'd be thought of different. And I think the other part of the first round, the conversation we're not having right now is the two other guys, Traylon Burks, who was a big time early prospect on the rise that a lot of people wanted the Chargers to take at 17, maybe even pre Mike Williams deal, right? When it might have made more sense if you had Mike Williams leaving to bring in another big bodied receiver like that. I like the guy a lot. I've definitely faded on him a little bit at 17. And then Drake London, just because I think those guys, David, those big-bodied receivers aren't necessarily what this specific Chargers offense needs with a guy like Mike Williams already on the roster. Right, exactly. I mean, you already kind of have that skill set. I mean, Joe Lombardi talked about, you know, having the tools in the toolbox, having, you know, the uh, different tools to get the job done. And they really already have that guy. Mike Williams has already showed in his uh, NFL career that – you know, he can go up and get it whenever you need to. You know, he's a big play monster, a contested catch, you know, freak who's, you know, they say 50-50. It's more like 80-20 when Mike Williams is involved. He just has a knack for coming down with those balls in those situations. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's just, uh, you know, he's already explosive and, you know, Keenan Allen, obviously the first down monster, Josh Palmer, I think is kind of a fusion. They just, they have a lot of that skill set already there. That's why those two guys um, really doesn't make sense for the chargers. I, I think that would just be kind of redundant. Yeah. They have some redundant skill sets. I mean, obviously training Burks brings more after the catch brings got physicality after the catch has some plays that are really eye popping. Like, you know, breaking a tackle and just running away from the Alabama defense. That makes you a little bit less worried about the speed, but the chargers just have guys that already fill some of those skill sets. And you're looking for a couple of specific sp- skill sets. You're not going to get with those guys as far as just the deep speed that you're looking for and just the, uh, you know, creativity in open space. But there are guys, David, that could help the chargers even after the first round. But when you're looking for the chargers at wide receiver, obviously we're looking for traits and David, specifically was looking for speed and speed alone. So we're going to get into some of the fastest wide receivers in this upcoming draft class. The Chargers would not need to spend a first round pick and maybe somebody who can fill that role and let you address something different in the first round at 17. But before we get into that, I do need to tell you guys about my favorite brand of sunglasses. And of course, I'm talking about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray's sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. I also need to tell you guys about the best place to place your bets in this season. That's not football season. That is BetOnline.net because, guys, Football is obviously my number one sport, but when you have a little action on other sports, it makes all the difference. And BetOnline is the best place to take your bets because they have so many great tournaments and things going on all the time. You can bet on esports. You can bet on anything you can think of. NBA basketball playoffs are on right now. Those have been electric, and it's been made even better with BetOnline because you can get in the action on live in-game betting to change your fortune if you have to or if you're getting home late to a game. You can still get in on the action and make your bets on the NBA playoffs right now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, now we have to get into some other wide receiving prospects before we get into the running backs. And I think the running backs are another really interesting, really fun group as well, especially because, I mean, there's not a lot of consensus of like a first round guy, but there's a lot of guys to be excited about and some guys that charge to get good value on later on in the draft. But with wide receivers, I think it's a little less clear. But for you, David, it was pretty clear. You have a need. You're trying to address it. You're looking for speed. That's right. Exactly. That's a, that's the number one thing I am focused on trying to add. Uh, and that's why, you know, the first prospect I, I go with here in the third round, third to fourth round probably is Calvin Austin from Memphis. This guy, speed in spades, baby. 4.3240 yard dash was a track athlete. He has that premium speed and quickness. His get off is incredibly dangerous. If you don't get your hands on him, good luck. Um, his route running is clean and crisp. 
he is nasty on wide receiver screens, the drags, the slants, the double moves, uh, I think are an incredibly dangerous part of his game. He has special teams potential as well. He can do the punt return and kick return duties, and he's not afraid to go over the middle. He is a smaller guy, but he showed some good toughness, and that did not take away from his game. Uh, some of the things that are opportunities for him, he is small in stature, and there's not a lot of, of room to add weight um, to that frame. He kind of is who he's going to be at this How point. small, David? He is five foot seven, 170 pounds, so he is very, very small. He is a willing blocker, but he is not super effective. Um, he can be manhandled by defenders if they're able to get their hands on him and grab him. If they can grab him, uh, unfortunately, he's going to be taken out of the play most of the time. He is devoid of length as well. He, you know, Because he's so small, he's just not uh, going to be very good in those contested catch situations. He's not going to go up and get a lot of balls for you. But that speed is very, very real, and that quickness is something to behold. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the guys I was definitely looking at and a guy that's definitely shot up draft boards for sure where he was thought of, you know, a smaller guy like that, maybe fourth-round pick, something like that. It's probably going to take your third-round pick at this point to bring him in, and that's just because he is an explosive athlete. And they're willing to pay that price, even with somebody who has those durability concerns. It's not as if, you know, he can't work out and it can't, you know, happen at the NFL level. But it's just not a lot of precedent for guys his size being dependable wide receivers at the NFL level. But there's so much to like there with the deep speed and also the ability after the catch, even on short passes, because you usually don't get both. Right. He's getting you're getting the acceleration and the craftiness, you know, to make people miss in the open field while also getting a guy who can stretch the field. That's checking both of those boxes, obviously, just with the red flag of the size. One of the guys I ended up going with is Danny Gray, the SMU receiver, who's six foot, 186 pounds, so a little bit bigger, but also speedy guy, 40-yard dash, 4.33 seconds. All guys that are obviously faster than anyone the Chargers currently have on the roster, but they're flawed. And, and especially with a guy like this, I mean, you're you're betting on the traits because there's certain things that you don't love about him. I mean, he is a little bit of a stiff route runner, even though he did have some good moments. I don't think he's like a lost cause by any means there. One of the highest drop percentages, right? And that's not something you want to see out of all the draftable wide receivers. So those are the bad things. And he didn't test well, as, at least as far as agility goes. I mean, his vertical was bad, his agility, pretty low numbers. But what he does do is run very fast and he even has a lot of house calls in his tape that he took, you know, shorter passes in intermediate passes. And he's just fast enough to break people's angles and take it to the house. So, I mean, he does bring some of that yards after the catchability. He does bring the deep speed and he does also bring really good ball tracking. I mean, it doesn't help to be a deep threat if you can't get the ball when you're down there. Yes, he did have some drop passes, but at least as far as how he adjusts his body to get himself in the right spot, to receive deep passes, especially, you know, when you're running back and forth and looking over different shoulders, that's not an easy thing to do. That is something that is a bona fide skill for wide receivers. He does have that, but obviously every rose has its thorns. And when you're getting someone like this, who's probably going to cost you fourth-ish round pick, maybe he goes a little higher because of the speed, but somewhere around there, you're going to have some flaws. So a deep threat for sure, a guy that has some yak ability and is pretty physical after the catch at times, but overall not a very physical receiver david who are you going with your next wide receiver another fast guy how fast are we talking faster than the last guy oh. i'm talking about one of the fastest Oof. 40 yard dash times in the entire 2022 draft class i am talking about a guy who played his ball about 35 minutes away from where i am currently standing right now at my house that yeah, is baylor to Quan thornton wide receiver 
six foot two, 181 pounds, and that 40 time 4.28. And I'm talking about <laughs> Blazer. Long strides, blazing speed, tenacious run blocker. And that's something that, that Baylor used quite often. I mean, they used that blocking ability. Um, as a lead blocker, I mean, they would set up plays behind him because they know what they're going to get um, as far as a blocker. I think he improved his contested catch ability as things progressed along in his career, and he had seven receptions of 40-plus yards his senior season. So he is bringing the absolute big play ability. Some of the things to work on, if he's not involved in the play, it kind of seems like the effort will wane a little bit. Um, you know, you could add, you could stand to add some good weight to that frame. I think there's still some room there. Um, he needs to improve his yak ability because he is a little bit stiff. He is very, very fast, but he's not very quick. Um, he doesn't have the agility that you really want. So he doesn't, he has the yak ability, but it's not in that situation. Sure. Um, I, I don't think they really used him, uh, the best way either. Um, I think this is a guy that really needs to be put in position to use those long strides, you know, put him in those slant, those drag situations to where he can kind of get up to speed. Because if you get him the ball in that situation, man, can he go? Those long strides will take take him to the house. Um, so uh, definitely a big speed, big speed, long speed guy, but not a big yak quickness type of player. Um, I think in the fifth to sixth round is where you're probably going to find Taquan Thornton. Um, and in that area, I, I think it's definitely worth taking a flyer on. Yeah, and you know someone will. I mean, he does have the height, but yeah, I mean, super thin because yeah. even 100, you know, 80 pounds. At six foot two, that's really, really thin. I mean, 170 yeah. pounds at five foot seven. I mean, at least there's at least some, you know, it's more proportionate. I mean, that's just really yeah. a thin dude. But obviously, yeah, there are two different kinds of yak ability, right? With right. a guy or maybe more, but it, Traylon Burks, for example, he's a physical guy after the catch. Right. He was good at breaking tackles and just having guys bounce off of him and then turning that into big gains. Then you have guys like a Garrett Wilson who are just, you can throw it to him pretty much anywhere and he can stop on a dime shake yeah. people out of their shoes and get yak that way. And then there's the open space kind of yak threats where if you catch it in stride in the right part of the field, you can get that yak, but you're not going to be able to throw it to them and let them kind of create on their own. And exactly. I think that's kind of the biggest differences there, but that's kind of more like what Danny Gray was too. Not a lot of creativity there. He had a couple quick spins after he catched the ball, you know, get a field that way. But if you get it to him on the run, you know, they can Watch make out. a lot of dudes miss and they can just destroy angles and, and force missed tackles in that sense, even if guys aren't getting their hands on them. But the last receiver I ended up going with was Bo Melton, another guy who's not tiny, five foot 11, 189 pounds, right? So still smaller, but not five foot seven like Calvin Austin, small. But he's a Sounds wide receiver. Yeah. And I mean, he has some kick return and punt return ability. He did average 16 yards per punt return. Not that that's as big of an issue. Now for the Chargers, but at least brings That's them good. in another guy that can, you know, hack it. I mean, he also averaged about 25 yards per kick return. So at least he'll have a chance to maybe compete for that position. Andy would bring some of those other things that we've talked about with DeAndre Carter, how he was used offensively. You can use Bo Melton in the same way. He does have good quickness. You can give him the ball and let him try to create in space. And he does create a little bit of yards after the catch. You'd think it's a little bit more just the way he tested 9.24 RAS score, really good nice. three cone and shuttle. So he showed that agility. And obviously, if you're a good punt returner, a lot of that has to do with it. But he is good after the catch. He's a good run blocker. He has good acceleration because he does kind of have those shorter strides. So it doesn't take him as long to get up to full speed, which is a weapon in its own. But he is a little bit smaller, you know, for a receiver, not super small. 
has some drops, and I'd say overall is just a decent route runner. But when those are the things, when you're weighing those tools and the pros of it and you're weighing the cons, which are things I think he can really get better at, I like him. I mean, he's always going to be just an average size dude, right? But when you run a 4-3-4 and you bring punt return and kick return ability and you're a decent route runner and you can provide some yards after the catch, I think around the fourth round you could find some value in a guy like Bo Mellon. Out of the guys that was watching later on in the draft out wide receiver, some of them just don't fit with the Chargers. He's a guy where I can see the fit and would still bring some of that over-the-top magic running that 4-3-4 and give the Chargers a deep threat that can really threaten that part of the field and do a little bit more than that as well but we know another big position of need David RB2 for the Chargers they've had two swings in the last two draft classes and Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree swinging a miss now they've basically put themselves at a point where they are going to take a running back at some point in this draft class me and David both believe that but who will it be and where will it be we're getting into our running back prospects in this upcoming draft class coming up right after this, but I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about Built Bars. And right now, guys, I have exciting limited time flavors to talk about. Blueberry muffin flavored protein bar. Think about that. We have peanut butter, raspberry cheesecake. That's one of the great parts about Built Bars. There's so much variety to choose from. You can even go different kinds of Built Bars like Built Puffs, the first ever protein infused marshmallow inside of a protein bar. They're all 100% covered in real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Upgrade your protein bar game. Get something that tastes great so you're not feeling like you have to choke it down because it's so waxy or chalky. And also get something that's going to fit on pretty much every diet because Built Bars are low-carb. Most most bars have less than 4 grams of carbs and 4 grams of sugar. And most bars have around 130 calories or less while being packed with 17 grams of protein. But you can also go other great flavors like peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, cookies and cream and more at built.com where since you guys listen to this show you can save 15 percent off when you use the promo code locked 15 that's promo code locked 15 to save 15 percent off at built.com all right david well we haven't really got to talk about a ton of running backs up till this point but we have the best for last on today's show some really good running backs i think in this upcoming draft class a lot of guys who could compliment austin eckler well and when you're talking about complimenting austin eckler who runs very well for his size nobody's going to confuse him for a power back but i would say that he's not a scat back by any means he runs with good power behind his pads he just is a shorter guy who just is can't get out of the weight room but we know that there are other guys that could complement austin eckler better than others for me i've kind of taken the approach of like just give me a really talented running back to be with him just somebody else who can create something you know other than Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree, because those two guys aren't creators and just haven't cut it through this part of their career. You went with a very specific kind of strategy when you were looking at your running backs. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at thunder and lightning here and Austin Eckler is the lightning and I'm going to add the thunder here. And that's why I'm looking at Brian Robinson Jr. out of Alabama, six foot one, 228 pounds. So it has that that physical type body profile I'm looking for. Still ran a, a, a respectable 4.5340. Um, you know, so he has bad. decent speed. He had less than a hundred carries each of the you know first four or five years he was in college until his last season where he was the feature back, where he definitely provided big time production. 271 attempts, 1,343 yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, he definitely, when he was given the opportunity, he took uh, and made the most of it. Should really good patience is an excellent pass protector. I mean, that, anytime he was given that uh, that responsibility, he handled it extremely well. 
He had that premium production, exploded his senior year, showed solid hands when given the opportunity. They didn't throw at him a lot, um, but he was he was capable. He hardly ever he's goes a big down. Dude, too, right? I right. mean, that's yeah, another a, big thing. Like, he has a large one. Right, six foot one, two thirty. He is a large human. Yeah. Um, he hardly ever, hardly ever goes down on first contact. He is a natural bruiser, and uh, according to Nick Saban, he was an excellent special teams player as well. So he also provides that type of value. Things he needs to work on or opportunities. He doesn't have great burst over or acceleration. That's just not the type of player that he is. He's not the fastest running back out there. He only had three. 25 plus yard carries uh, out of his 545 career carries. So he's not going to bring a lot of explosive plays to the table, but he did average five yards per carry in college. So I think this is a guy that would be a great compliment to Austin Eckler. You give him 10 to 15 touches a game um, just to spell Austin. And I think you're going to be able to get some quality production. And also in those third down situations, those goal line situations, I think this is a guy that you can trust to come in and, and do what you need him to do. Yeah, and I think he just brings a different element than the other guys that you currently have in the room right now. So I think that, I mean, I don't know if the plan was for Josh Kelly or Larry Roundtree to just be that short yardage guy, but neither have really shown they could be that. Right. And neither one of them were ever true bruisers in that sense. And I think for the running back class, we're doing it in the last second because we don't think that there's any way the Chargers are going to take a running back at 17, no matter how good Brees Hall is, right? I mean, if you're talking about third round and later, basically, which is what this is, even in the third round, it'd be tough, right? Because that's yeah. you need so many other positions, and we know there's some guys you can get later you can feel pretty good about. But there'd be a couple at 70. Like if Brees Hall was to somehow slip out of nowhere and get to there, he'd be really, really hard to pass up. And I also think Kenneth Walker the third is another guy where, like, there's just some magic about that dude. He's only 5'9". He's not a bruising running back, but he just has some special abilities that he's just making a ton of people miss. He can string cuts together so well. He's very, very physical even at 5'9". And is probably just the best, like, pure runner that I saw, especially when you look at games like Michigan and games where he just absolutely went bananas. I mean, that dude would be hard to pass up at 79. One of the guys I know that's a value pick for a lot of people lately that, you know, follow the Chargers and have their picks is Pierre Strong from South Dakota State. And there's a lot to like there. And I definitely get why people were looking at him, especially when you just look at athleticism, because that's something that was neither Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly's, you know, strong point. When you look at Pierre Strong, 9.34 RAS, he ran a 4.3740. So he has that home run speed. And you saw that on the tape at times. He also has, you know, almost like an Arian Foster type of ability to make people miss as far as just the smoothness of him stringing those cuts together and making multiple defenders miss. The one thing. That was really tough for me to get over, though, was just he's not the goal line short yard situation, but it was just the amount of ankle tackles that I saw on him. It was it, Melvin Gordon-esque in that sense. It was just too many times where it just seems like he's either off balance or something where it, he breaks tackles that time and you see him do it, and then all of a sudden he's you know about to break into the open field and somebody gets him by an ankle. That was just something that's frustrating. I understand why people want him, and I don't necessarily need a bruising back. That was just the one takeaway that I had from him that would give me some concern. But other than that, I obviously you don't really have a home run hitter. Like even Austin Eckler, I don't think is running, you know, four, three, seven, 40. That's not really his game, but he did have in Philip Rivers worth 90 yard touchdown. But I liked Pierre strong, especially if they're getting him at a value like fifth or sixth round, 
not a bad pick in my mind. David, who are you going with next for running backs? Yep, another uh, big, uh, large size running back here, <laughs> Hassan Haskins. XL size. Uh, exactly, XL size out of Michigan, six foot one, two thirty. Um, another guy, fantastic hands out of the backfield. Didn't get a lot of opportunities to showcase that, but whenever he was, um, you know, getting those targets, I felt like he was definitely an above average receiver there. Physical runner with great leg drive and strength. This is a guy uh, that was absolutely going to run you over if you give him the opportunity. I think he also showed some good patience and had some good contact balance. He wasn't the guy that, you know, you were going to hit him and, and, you know, the ankle tackles were going to get him on the ground a lot. Um, and honestly, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I watched him, it reminded me a lot of Melvin Gordon's running style. Uh, just the, the way, you know, he, you know, you know, shifted and ran through the through the defenses. I mean, it just gave me a lot of those vibes. But there's one distinct difference there, and it's that this guy, Hassan Haskins, never fumbled a single time in 476 career touches. So that's one distinct difference that we know, unfortunately, Melvin Gordon has had issues holding on to the football. Weaknesses are opportunities here. He's not a burner. Um, you know, the vision is inconsistent at times. I did see him miss a few holes from time to time. And he does need to improve as a pass protector. Unfortunately, I did see him miss a couple of assignments. So that's definitely something that needs to be coached up at the next level. But I think the running style here, you know, um, in conjunction, you know, with, you know, with the physical prowess, I think is definitely something that could be a great addition to the running back room and a guy that will probably be available in the fifth to sixth round. Right, so you're getting a guy later on in the draft. Yeah, another, I think, no-frills runner uh, right. when you're looking at this guy, a guy that is going to bring that physical element to your running back room a little bit more, and I don't hate that pick at all. I mean, he obviously was a very good player at college, and he still has some of the traits that you're looking for as a guy who can be a consistent, at least change of pace guy that you're not worried about just you know only being able to average two yards a carry. I think he could do a little bit better than that, which is what the Chargers current backup running backs are doing, which is why we're having this conversation. I'm going to go with another guy that I picked who is probably the second guy from his own college that's going to get drafted, and that is Zamir White from Georgia, the running back. James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, is thought of as a better prospect, but Zamir White, I think, is a guy that would fit what the Chargers need very well. There are some red flags, but let's talk about the best part of it, which is that his nickname is Zeus. Zeus oh, White playing for the Chargers. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, for that, like, I, I had, like, <sighs> literally five different running backs I thought about going with. And, like, your nickname Zeus, I mean, you're, you're going to have to be talked about on the line. Throwing lightning bolts, hello. Yeah, and, Perfect. I mean, he's not a shifty guy. This is the total opposite of a PA or strong because he's a, a great second effort runner, a guy who is going to keep the leg drive going, move the pile. But he does also have breakaway speed, too. Like, you have times where he's pulling away from defenses, and he can hit that home run, a good athlete, 9.82 RAS score, and a no-nonsense north and south kind of running back where he's a one-cut guy. You put him in a zone offense is what she's going to fit best in, and that's part of the reason it makes more sense for the Chargers. And he's going to you know, hit the hole hard, and he still has a little bit of hop after that. He's not going to break a lot of tackles by juking guys at all. He did have double ACL injuries in high school. Where he had to get uh, he had to get surgery on both knees at one point or another in high school, but was able to go through his entire college career and not miss a game. But I think nice. that probably has at least something to do with his lack of lateral ability, and that's really the only thing that didn't catch out or really check out for him. Not elusive, and he's also a poor pass protector and an inexperienced pass catcher. I think those are the other big things with him and. You don't necessarily need that because you have Austin Eckler, but that's obviously nice 
when somebody's not a liability. And I do think that's a big turnoff for NFL coaches when you're not able to protect someone like Justin Herbert. But he did try. It wasn't a lack of willingness. It wasn't you know a timid thing or anything like that. Just needs to get better in his uh, technique. And I think he can be something he approves on in a big way. But I think what we found, David, is just there are guys that can help the Chargers in this running back class. And I think the, it, it's really important that they do it because they've just been yeah. putting too many carries in Austin Eckler's hands. And I think, obviously, you love to see the ball in his hands. But, obviously, with his body type, it's hard to take that many carries, that many total touches in a season like he did last season. Yeah, well, I mean, he he said it himself. <laughs> He's right. like, hey, guys, I need somebody to help me out here. I mean, and you don't really hear that a lot at all. You know, it's somebody really calling out his teammates saying, hey, Somebody take this role. So somebody, you know, you know, stake their claim and be sure. the backup. And that's why we're doing this. That's why we are very, very confident that the Chargers are going to add another running back for a third consecutive year because, you know, they took two swings and unfortunately they missed both times. So they have to continue to do that. Austin Eckler, you know, is a great player, but man, he's got a lot of touches on that body and we got to make sure to preserve that by getting him a running mate that's going to be able to get the best out of Austin Eckler. I think that's a number one priority. Yeah, keep him fresh, keep him healthier throughout the season. I mean, he did make it through last season totally healthy, but it's just unsustainable uh, with the amount of touches he got. And, I mean, the team knows it, right? The players know it. The coaches know it. They know they need better out of that position than they vocalize that, which you just don't see happen enough. Usually it's like, hey, I believe in those guys. And he did say that to some extent, but he's also like – Somebody's got to be able to keep me off the field for 90% of the offensive snaps, and we just weren't seeing that. We haven't seen any consistent production outside of Austin Eckler since Melvin Gordon, and that's just kind of been the fact of it. And we all think that at this point, the Chargers with that need will have to end up taking a running back at some point in this draft class, and they can't miss like they have the last two seasons. But I would also place a large wager on the fact that Chargers will take a cornerback in this upcoming draft, and that's why tomorrow we are talking corners and safeties because I do think they have a need at both and they could even take a corner as as early as the first round someone like Derek Stingley maybe a Trent McDuffie we will be talking about cornerbacks and safeties on tomorrow's show to wrap up and round out this draft prospect week on the Locked On Chargers podcast but to make sure you don't miss it go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from and if you like the show please make sure to rate and review as well we always appreciate that especially in long weeks like this all of your guys' nice words definitely helped power us through, and we appreciate you. But if you guys want to make sure you don't miss the show, you can also follow all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well as our at Locked On Chargers Instagram account, which was pretty new for us, but we do post there every day. You can always find all of the links, including on our individual Twitter pages as well, me at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer at DroTalk SD. And you guys can also call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four. But that's going to do it on today's show with running backs and wide receivers. We're talking corners and safeties tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.